Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 and welcome to the fourth quarter comeback show. I am your host, Mr. Miles W. Miller. My friends, it has been a long time since we've come together and, and, and shared ideas and, and encouragement with each other, but we're back in 2010 with the fourth quarter comeback show, and I am so excited. I don't know if you can hear my voice, but I am so excited to be here with you right now. People, no matter what life throws at you, no matter how things look, no matter how what people say, no matter what people don't do, no matter what people don't say, understand this. You are designed for greatness. You are designed for success. You are designed to accomplish and achieve all the things that God has placed inside of you. I pray that when you come here tonight that you you get something that, that shakes you loose, that you get something that, that lights you on fire, that you get something that puts you in the mindset of success. And without further ado, I want to turn this show over, and not only do I want to, I do it. I turn this show over to God's Holy Spirit so that we all get what we came for, and that's a move of his spirit. People, I have been absolutely chomping at the bit to do this show. I have been looking forward to this for the last couple of weeks because I knew I was going to do it, you know, started back up in February. We had such an overwhelming success with this, uh, this four-quarter comeback movement that I said, you know what, we're going to bring it back. People were asking for it, and I wanted to make sure people had it. Well, people were here. The four-quarter comeback movement is back, back in full effect. And tonight we're going to talk about the championship mind inside the underdog, the championship mind inside the underdog. Where this comes from is, I am a sports fanatic. I love football, as you all know. I love football. I consider myself to be a football expert. And being a football expert, there was absolutely no way that I would have picked the New Orleans Saints to win a Super Bowl. But also being a person who, who roots for the underdog, in my heart, I wanted them to win. If they had lost, I understood because they were going up against a perennial powerhouse. But if they had won it, I'd have been, my heart would have been happy. And, and lo and behold, they, they came out and they fought hard, and they were in the game. They, went, they, they were down by 10 points, and they pulled off a, a, a dynamic comeback. And guess what? Because they never gave up and they never quit on, on their desire and their dream. When it was time to make a play to win the game, they were in position to win the game. And they won the game. Tonight I'm going to tell you the traits of an underdog. And I'm going to tell you why the underdog is one of the most dangerous, <laughs> one of the most dangerous competitors you'll ever compete against, ever. But before we go any further, what I want to do is this. I want to send you to a motivational moment, which is a um, – some time that we spent together on our on our Creative Championship Standard of Living show on Saturdays. I just want to share a, a motivational moment with you, and then we'll be right back. know that you weren't put here just to hold up space and take up air. You were put here to do something dynamic. You were put here to make things better. Everything is created to be a solution to something. Okay? Nobody's life is in vain. There's a, a quote I want to read to you from uh, Dr. Mike Murdoch. I, I read a lot of his, his books on wisdom. Um, he says that God saw something that no one else could solve, so he created you. God saw something that no one else could solve, so he created you. He also goes on to say that everything was created to solve a problem. So your, your very life is a solution to somebody's problem. God disguised the solution to a certain set of problems when he created you. So, you're, so I want you to I'm – I'm, I'm going here with you on this because I want you to truly understand – that you are important. Your life is important. You, your destiny is important. 
And no, don't let anyone ever tell you anything differently. You are important. You have to be here. But there's also some, some rules that go along with you being here. So we'll get into that also. So you're important because God created you for a solution. Your life is designed to impact countless others. And you are put here as a specific answer to a certain set of problems. So take your worth in that and know that there's something dynamic for you to do. So that's the segue to my lesson today. My lesson today is seven ways to promote positive self-image. Seven ways to promote a positive self-image. Step one, place high value on God's view of you. Place high value on God's view of you. Place high value on God's view of you, which we just talked about in depth. And I can go further with this. You have to understand that if you can hear my voice, we, each and every one of us was created in the likeness and image of God. None of us created ourselves. So it's, a, it's like having a car. If I have a Ford Motor Company vehicle and I take it to a, a General Motors dealership. Now, the General Motors dealership can actually call Ford and get information but how much simpler is it for me to take that car back to a Ford dealer? Because they created the car. They know that car better than anybody else knows that car. So true is our relationship with God, our relationship with our Creator. Who knows us better than that which created us, that spirit that created us? And when you, be, when you get in tune with that spirit that created you, you get a true, true blue value, a true blue estimate of what and who you really are. Because nobody else can truly tell you what you are. In fact, you, why would you listen to what, the opinion of another human being who only uses 5% of their brain? How can somebody that only uses 5% of their brain tell you what you're not? I want you to think about that. Hello, and we're back. That was uh, a motivational moment from our, like I said, from our Creative Championship Standard of Living show, which comes on every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I want you guys to understand something. Again, like I said, I don't take you for granted. I don't take you lightly. I really enjoy doing what I do. I really enjoy having you here. I really enjoy just doing this. One thing I want you guys to understand is this. It's very important to understand that as a champion, as somebody who, who has fire inside of them to go forward and do what they've been called to do, it's important who you connect to. It's important what you're connected to. And I just want to put this plug out there right now. I, I'm connected to some dynamic people. Um, I want to give two people in, in my chat room right now um, just, just honor and respect uh, Mr. J.L. Godfrey and uh, Ms. Tina Fortune. These are two people who, who really inspire me. Just their stories alone are, are, are inspiring, and they, they are people who are worthy to be followed and, and emulated. If, you, if you're looking for a mentor, these, these are quality people also. But continuing on with that same vein, people, I am doing something that I've never done before. I'm stepping out, I'm doing, I'm living my dreams. And you guys have been right here with me every step of the way. We've been together as of Saturday officially one year. Yes, we've been together for one year here on Blog Talk Radio. And the sky is the, the lower limit for everything that we're going to do and, and everything above it. I want you to partner with me as we move forward. As we move forward, as we move forward, I want you to partner. I want you to become one of my war partners. I want you to, to help me reach out and restore the voice of dreamers and visionaries everywhere across this world. I want you to come with me as I go to L.A. this week, this uh, this next month in March, the second week in March. Uh, I'm going to be sending out flyers later this week about my speaking engagement in, in uh, L.A. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to the two-day event. I want you to, to partner with me. In L.A., 
for some dynamic things. We're, like I said, forthcoming, more information is forthcoming. But I want to plant that seed in your ear. We are going to go do some dynamic things this year, and, and I look forward to being a major blessing to you also. And we'll talk about this more in detail, but I just want to plant that seed now. We're, we're moving forward, people. We're, we're doing some dynamic things together. Also, as a, a token of my appreciation, also as an anniversary gift, everybody who contacts me via Facebook, Twitter, or even sending me a personal email, or even leaving me a comment on the Blog Talk Radio site here, I'm going to give you a copy of my book, Beyond the Critics and Their Criticisms, absolutely free. All you have to do to get that book is just to contact me and say, I want the book. And I want to make sure that you get that book absolutely free. Because I want to empower you. And I thank you for being a part of my success for the last year. So anybody who sends me any type of notice, saying that you want that book, beyond the critics and the criticism, I will personally make sure you get that book free of charge. So you can contact me at Facebook, on Facebook, on Facebook at facebook.com slash mileswmiller. That's M-Y-L-E-S-W-M-I-L-L-E-R. Or on MySpace, myspace.com slash mileswmiller. Twitter, twitter.com slash Miles W. Miller, or here I'm on the Blog Talk site at blogtalkradio.com slash Miles W. Miller, or you can even send an email to me at mileswmiller at gmail.com. Those ways, like I said, you, you contact me. I want to I be a blessing to you. I want to give you this book because it's a dynamic read, and I know it's going to just light you on fire. Well, we're moving forward, people. Like I said before, things are moving rapidly. The fourth quarter comeback movement is important because a lot of people don't really get a chance to hear me, that don't get a chance to hear me on Saturdays doing my motivational things and, and my inspirational things and the things that God has placed inside of me. A lot of my West Coast friends get a chance to listen to me now. And I'm, ex- I'm, in, I'm thoroughly excited to be here right now. It's, it's just after midnight on the East Coast. And I've been up all day. I've had some tremendous things happen today. I've had some tremendous things happen this week that were that to the average man wouldn't wouldn't be wouldn't seem favorable at all. But somehow, some way, God has has found a way to bless me. No matter what the situation looks like, people. No matter what the, that life may throw at you. No matter what people may say about you. No matter what people may do to you. You still have to have faith and hope that that God-given power that's inside of you, that God-given gift that's inside of you, that God-given vision that's inside of you can come to pass and it can work. And that's what keeps me moving, people. I have this uncommon faith that what God has promised me will come to pass. And I actually had an opportunity to, to uh, be on a show tonight, so earlier in the day, uh, called Anything but anything but ordinary with uh, Michael McCleary, and I want to uh, openly thank him for inviting me on his show. We had a dynamic time, and I, I shared something with his audience that I want to share with you now. And we talked about expect, expectation and the due season. Expectation and the due season. You know, we've been talking about the three stages of dream realization, which is the goal, the process, and the manifestation. The goal, the process, and the manifestation. Well, many people have already sown the seed of their goal into the universe. And the process has already begun. And in fact, for many of us, the process has already completed for that particular goal. Now we're waiting on the manifestation. Now we're expecting that manifestation. And any day now, the manifest, that which we, we, we believe in the beginning can manifest. You see, the goal that we saw, that we set, it had an expected outcome attached to it. But that expected outcome had a required process that was necessary. That expected outcome had a required process that was necessary for its manifestation. And many of us 
have already done the process. The process has completed. Now we're waiting for the manifestation. And I want to encourage you, any day now, that which God has promised you, that which you know is yours, can manifest. Any day now, any day now, I want you to stay expected. I want you to keep your level of expectancy high because any day now, the very thing that you know, the very thing that you know, the very thing that you know is supposed to come together, it's supposed to manifest, it can come to, it can manifest. It's just like a woman has been pregnant for nine months. And we know that after nine months, any day now, she can have that baby. Any day now. That's why they call a mother an expected mother. Because any day now, that thing that's been growing inside of her for nine months can manifest. It can grow. It can, it can come to life any day now. And that's how your dreams are, people. Listen to me very carefully. Any day now. Any day now. The very thing that you believed 10 years ago can manifest. I liken it to the bamboo tree, whereas, you know, the first year the bamboo seed is in the ground, there's no visible outside proof that there's anything going on inside the ground. Then year two, then year three, then year four, there's no, very little visible proof that there's anything going on underneath the ground. So always remember this. Anything that has to grow up really, really big has to grow down really, really big also. It has to go down really, really far because it has, it has to take root to hold on to something so great, to support something so dynamic. But in year five of that, of that bamboo seed's life, it shoots up to 90 feet in the air. And this is somebody's bamboo year. If you hear me right now, listen to me very carefully. This is your bamboo year. This is your, your time of due season. This is your due season. Any day now, your greatness can rip through the soil and manifest in such a dynamic and abundant supernatural way that it will blow your, your natural mind. And what I want you all to do right now, I want you to do this. I want you to, con to continue to visualize your success. I want you to continue to visualize the things you really want in life. You know, each week on my uh, Creating the Championship Standard of Living show, I do a segment called Visualizing Your Ideal Life. And we're going to do that today. I want you to just stop for a moment. Everything you do, I want you to just stop. And I want you to visualize your ideal life. And how we, do, how we normally do this is that we, I take you to a place in your mind. And what I want you to do now is just stop what you're doing. I want you to just be calm, be collected, and I want you to just hear my voice. And I want you to respond to my voice. I want you to envision yourself in an IMAX movie theater with a screen that's larger than life. And on that screen, what's going to come out, and what's on the screen now, is your ideal life. But here's the powerful thing about it. You're creating this movie as it plays. Whatever it is you really want, I want you to project it onto this screen. If it's a new car, a new debt-free car, project it onto the screen. If it's a new debt-free home, project it onto the screen. Whatever it is you truly, truly want, I want you to project it onto the screen. I want you to see the vivid colors. I want you to see the, just the, the beauty of what you're seeing here and what you're projecting here. And this is irregards of price. This is irregards of anything that will limit you from being or having this ideal life. I want you to look at this screen intently. I want you to fully enjoy what you're seeing because that's your ideal life. I want you to see the vivid colors. I want you to, if, if, if going to some exotic travel location, I want you to see yourself going to that travel location. I want you to see yourself, you know, looking at the exotic animals and looking at the exotic fish and looking at the, the, the exotic birds. I want you to see yourself walking on, this, on the, the sand of the beach with this, the sun beaming on your face. I want you to see yourself enjoying life. And now that you got that picture, 
I want you to embrace the feeling of that picture. I want you to fully embrace the the feeling that picture gives you. And I want you to embrace how it makes you feel to see yourself enjoying life, how it makes you feel to see yourself on top and not beneath, how it feels to see yourself the head and not the tail, the first and not the last, the lender and not the borrower. I want you to see yourself thriving. I want you to see yourself doing dynamite stuff. I want you to feel it. And now that you see it, and now that you feel it, I want you to repeat after me. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. People, the time is now for you to live the life of your dreams. You can't turn back now. You've been exposed to your greatness. Keep moving forward towards your goals. And on that note, we're going to move forward in the show. I'm going to take you to another motivational moment, and then I'll be right back with you. foremost, I want to set the table. Um, my belief of, of success, success is truly about uh, pursuing what our divine creator has intended for us to be and intended for us to do and intended for us to, to you know, be a part of. I think a lot of times you see people who are, who are floundering in life, it's because they don't understand what they've been intended to do or their purpose. I'm always, you know, this last, the last couple months, I've been really big about purpose and how to help people realize their purpose because I understand firsthand that when you don't understand your purpose, as Dr. Miles Monroe you know, said so eloquently, where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. I want to get people from, I want to help you get from that place of abuse to a place of, of thriving, a place of living you know, an ultimately good life, a life you know, that people, other people around you would want to emulate. I feel like that, that's also another factor, another uh, component of success. Success is, is living a life that's worthy of emulating. Um, there's nobody, if you go to a, a prison cell right now, I can almost guarantee you, unless there's something dynamic about somebody in there, that none of those people in there are living a life that I want to emulate. And even still, even if they are that dynamic, I still don't want to emulate their life because I don't want to be there. I don't want to know where they ended up. So success is having people, having a life that you can be proud of, a life that, that your children want to emulate and, and, and your friends see your life and they want to emulate as well. Um, also, what people don't, another thing people don't recognize is that success will require work, but so does failure. I'll say it again. Success requires work, but so does failure. You actually have to work at being a failure. You, have, you actually have to, it, because the universe, the way God has designed the universe for us, we're designed to win. We're designed to, to thrive. We're designed to be the head, not the tail, the first, not the last. 
So in order to not succeed in life, you actually have to go against everything that's been stacked in your favor to not succeed. Hello, and we're back. I'm, like I said, I, I love doing what I do. This is a labor of love for me. And I just, I get excited about firing people up for their, to go out and achieve their goals, go out and to realize their dreams. You know how you know you found your passion? It's when you know, when you'll do it, irregardless of a paycheck. I do this, like I said, as a labor of love. I do this because it's what's in me, and I want you to be blessed. So tell your friends about the dynamic show that we have here. You can always reach me at blogtalkradio.com slash mileswmiller. That's M-Y-L-E-S-W-M-I-L-L-E-R. And I just look forward to being a dynamic blessing to you because I'm getting better at what I'm doing this is my passion. This is what I've been called to do. And I know somehow, someway, you, somebody's going to hear one of these shows and it's going to set them free to go live out the life they were called to lead. Well, people, I'm going to send you to a small promo and then we'll be right back. Uh, the Power Conquer Fear is a book that I wrote uh, with you in mind and with myself in mind because being a dreamer, being a visionary, sometimes we can go through life and we can see good things and we get visions. We, we don't, we're not common people. We're not, you know, we don't see things the way normal people see things. So we, we get visions that are, that are far out and, we, and, and it's sometimes it's scary to, to think about that stuff. But in The Power Conquer Fear, I gave a five-step plan for how to overcome fear, how to conquer fear, how to move beyond that fear. There's an old saying that the difference between a, a, a coward and a hero is that the hero was, was brave for five minutes longer. And that's my plan. It gets, make sure that you stay brave. Just it, just those five minutes can change the whole course of your life. And my goal is to give you five steps to keep you in that range long enough to, to be the great person you've been called to be, to, to mine up your destiny. Because today... Uh, people that the, the world has changed as we know it and it's going to take innovative people to really you know mine out the greatness that still remains in this in this universe there, there's a lot of untapped resources people and and you're going to get visions and, and promises you know from God and, and, and through prayer through fasting through you know dreams and those things are going to change the very course of how we, how life as we know it exists and you can't be afraid. you got to go for it. So I offer to you today my book, The Power of Conquering Fear. You can buy it at www.lulu.com slash mwmiller18. That's www.lulu.com slash mwmiller18. And get this book today. Get, get a copy for a friend. And trust me, you won't regret it. It'll be a book that changes your life. Hello, and we're back. People, I'm, like, so excited. I've been talking so loud and talking so ferociously. My throat is a little sore, so you have to bear with me. Uh, I want to share something with you before I, I get into the, the lesson I have planned for you. I wanted to tell you about life, about living and enjoying life. I had um, a situation happen earlier today, and it really made me reevaluate life. I, I don't know how to say this. I'm not one of those people who, who walks around who's consciously thinking about dying or death all the time because I, I, I believe I can bring life. I, I believe in life. I believe in bringing life. Um, but I am cognizant of the fact that 
I am not going to be here forever. But in the same sense, I don't, I'm not trying to do anything to speed up the process of me not being here, if you understand what I'm saying. I think many of us are like that. Nobody's really just looking to just get out of here without making sure the impact that we were supposed to 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 leave was left. Well, I had an incident today where I could have nearly gotten killed. And if it wasn't for God's grace and the fact that God's hand is upon me, I might not be here with you right now. And when that moment happened, it made me take notice because I was complaining about the fact that this incident happened. I was I was irritated that this incident happened. But then when I sat down and thought about it later, I was like, wow, God spared me. I could have gotten killed. And something that you – something that we take for granted, our lives. We take our lives for granted sometimes. And I'm here today to tell you, don't take your life for granted. Life is precious. You cannot sit here and just believe it. Tomorrow you'll be here without a plan. Plan for your life. Plan. Don't sit up and just accept life as it's handed to you. Don't sit up here and, 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 and just accept relationships as they're handed to you. Don't sit up here and accept anything as it's handed to you. Require of yourself and anybody in your, your life that they live up to a championship center living. Require the best. Require excellence. If somebody's giving you second rate, don't accept it. And it, that includes yourself because life is precious. Life is too short to be playing around with it. Like I said, we're, we're having this moment where we can talk about this. And I'm so glad. I've, I'm so grateful that God spared my life. I'm so grateful that God spared my life just in time to do an interview earlier today. Because it, we, we, we might not be having this conversation. But what it let me know is that life is too short to be playing it safe all the time. We've got to take some chances. We're going to have to take some risks. Those, those goals, those dreams, those visions that are they're inside of us, we've got to go get it. We've got to go and get it. We, gotta, we can't sit still on the sideline no more. People, the, the game of life is too short. The game of life is too short for us to be playing it, trying to play safe all the time. Like I said, don't, don't take me what I'm saying to be contradictory. Yes, we, we value life, and we understand that life is fragile. But in the same sense, there's so much that we can do. There's so much that we can do. There's so much that we can do. Listen to me, there is so much that we can do that we haven't done yet. So why are we sitting on the sidelines watching, every, watching life go by or taking life as it's handed to us? That day is over, people. That's why I have you going through those visualizations. That's why I, I, I'm here to encourage you. It's time for you to live the life of your dreams because your dreams are connected to somebody else's dreams. And when you're not living life of your dreams, you're, you're cutting somebody else's off. You have to step it up, people. We have to step it up together. We have to do whatever is necessary for us to be who we've been called to be. I refuse to settle for second best anymore. I refuse to settle for second rate. I just posted on my Facebook page late last night before this incident happened that I'm irritated and I refuse to accept second-rate living. I mean, I I, I I don't even know what to say it. I am irritated by second-rate living. And it's when you get to that point where you are irritated by second-rate living, when you are irritated by second-rate relationships, when you are irritated by anything that does not line up with God's absolute best for you, that's when you can make a change. I'm here today to tell you I want you to get mad. I'm going to say I want you to get pissed off if you're not living or experiencing a championship standard of living in any area of your life. I want you to get pissed off. I want you to get so mad. It's like this. I want, I want you to see yourself drawing a line in the sand and challenging anything that comes up against you now to cross that line. And not only are they crossing that line, you've got a chip on your shoulder, and dare to knock that chip off your shoulder. And I want you, whatever comes across the line, to give it to it. I want you to light it up. I want you to beat it up. I want you to tear it up. Anything that decides to come across that line, that means that it's challenging the fact that you, you are a great individual, that you are, are built and designed for excellence. And now you have to prove that you are who God says you are. 
Because right now, I'm at the place now. I'm at the place right now where I'm not taking no more crap off, off this life, off anybody who wants to bring me crap, off, my, off the people in my, in my circle, off anybody, off anything, even including myself. The person I look at first in the mirror. So I want you to understand this first and foremost. Get upset if you're not living or experiencing a championship standard of living. Get upset if you're not walking in excellence. Get upset with it. Don't accept that. Don't accept second rate because we don't have time to accept second rate. So I want to give you an inspirational song, and then I'll be right back with the championship mind inside the underdog right here on the fourth quarter comeback. Listen, for those of you that are going through, for those of us that are waiting on His promise, understand God has not forgotten you. When times get tough, you got to look up to heaven and encourage yourself and say,
Hello, and we're back. That was They That Wait by Fred Hammond. People, I want you to really hear what's getting ready to transpire here, what I'm really getting ready to present to you. I'm getting ready to give you a blueprint for how to basically walk around as a Trojan horse for people who don't who underestimate your greatness, for people who doubt you for people who don't give you the credit you deserve for situations that arise that that may have been designed for you not to succeed in i'm going to teach you how to win this is the very same mentality that the new orleans saints took into the super bowl like i tell you i was not rooting for the new orleans saints logically as a football fan but in my heart and in my spirit, I wanted them to win because I believe in the underdog. I believe in their plight because most of my life I've been, a, I've been an underdog myself. So I understand what they go through. But one thing I can tell you in going into giving you the traits of an underdog, one thing I can tell you is this, is that when the, the underdog is one that doesn't accept the world's view of them and who the world thinks they are. And for that very reason, they're dangerous, and any perennial powerhouse should avoid them in a fight. Right now, I can be honest with you, this is not a time to take on an underdog. Right now, you got a lot of people with, with chips on their shoulders. you got a lot of people that has been drawing lines and saying they're just tired of being bullied, and they're stepping up saying, you know what, if you, if you come across a line, I'm going to knock you in your face. And that's the, that's what that's what the spirit of underdog has. They they they've been beat up and bullied and told what they couldn't do for so long. They just step up and say, you know what? I'm not scared anymore. You just going to do what you got to do. You say you're gonna punch me in the face. Go ahead and do it. I'm right here. I'm not running from you. I'm not scared of you. That's the same mentality that the New Orleans Saints took into the Super Bowl on Sunday this past Sunday. I want to share with you seven traits of an underdog. The first trait of an underdog is that they are not given much of a chance to accomplish their intended task. They're not given much of an opportunity, excuse much of a chance that they will accomplish their intended, intended task. So, with that in mind, already the odds are stacked against the underdog from ever accomplishing anything. If you look at the odds makers, what they said in Las Vegas about the Super Bowl, the Indianapolis Colts were a five-point favorite to win the game. But you see, one thing about that is that all adds to the pot. That all adds to the war chest of the, the underdog. All this stuff, all the people saying, you can't do this, you can't do this, we don't think you'll be able to do this. You know, odds say that you can't do this. It's the same as, as saying because you're a woman, you, you can't be president. Because you're black, you can't do this. And because you're white, you can't do this. Because you're big, you can't do this. Because you're tall, you can't do this. Because you're skinny, you can't do this. Because you're short, you can't do this. It's the same thing. Nobody's giving the underdog a chance to accomplish their intended task. So what keeps them motivated? That, that, that spirit inside of them that says, you are a champion. You are a champion. You are created in the likeness and image of God. You are created in the likeness and image of God. You are designed for victory. You are designed for victory. Yep. 
the underdog has to, has to be an encourager of themselves because nobody else is really going to do it. Everybody's going to tell the underdog what they can't do. But the underdog is one that says, you know what, against all odds, this is what we believe. You say we can't do it, but we believe we can. Trait number two of underdog is that they're oftentimes fighting a battle against a perennial juggernaut or powerhouse, which means they're oftentimes going against Goliath. They're oftentimes going against uh, uh, an enemy that's just so tremendously strong and, and, and equipped to win that even a, a, a person on or a team on that, that uh, perennial powerhouse level will probably get beat up bad. So what am I saying? The underdog understands right off the bat that nobody expects him to win and the odds are stacked against them and the opponent they're fighting is worthy, very worthy, very worthy. Yet they keep coming back and they keep getting up. The third trait of an underdog is that oftentimes they're going to have to play or execute their plan against intense pressure in an environment of battle. So it's like going into I, – I, 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 this is something i got to say. i got an example that I, I don't like using this example because it, it, it hits close to home. I, everybody who knows, I am a Michigan man. I, I went to the University of Michigan. I know hail to the victors frontwards and backwards. In fact, they teach it to you at freshman orientation. That's just a little tidbit, a little Michigan fact there. Uh, so I know I bleed maize and blue. And I know, like I told you before in previous shows, I had used to dream about playing football for Michigan. I had dreams of playing football for both Schimbeckler. And, and all those, those are the little childhood dreams I had. So Michigan, I, I love Michigan football. But there was one day I was watching Michigan football and I, I almost – almost cried out of, out of sheer disgust, like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. I didn't cry, I, and I didn't nearly cry. I was just really irritated. But uh, they played this team called Appalachian State <laughs> from some, some place it, on the East Coast I've never heard of. And lo and behold, Appalachian State came to Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and played Michigan at Michigan Stadium, which, if anybody knows, the big house it's the biggest stadium they have. They sell every game. The, the, the most attended football game each week is in, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And all these people came to see Michigan slaughter Appalachian State. But something weird happened on the way to the game that day. Appalachian State didn't get the memo that they were supposed to just fall down to this perennial powerhouse, this juggernaut that Michigan is. Michigan is, is, has the highest winning percentage of any college football program in the nation. Not the, not the winning percentage, the highest amount of wins, most amount of wins. And this little school called Appalachian State walks into Ann Arbor, Michigan, the big house, and guess what? When the game was over, they walked out with the win. They actually beat Michigan at Michigan. They were definitely an underdog that day because they weren't expected to win. They weren't on Michigan's level. They were a smaller team, but the one thing they had was they were quicker. One thing, one thing, a little tidbit I'm going to give you, this is a freebie. The underdog usually has an advantage that other people deem as a disadvantage. Remember the, the story of, of David and Goliath. David was small, but David was, was wise enough to listen to his spirit. He was, he was spiritually inclined. So he knew how he knew what to do, when to do it. He also had an undying courage that just was couldn't be matched by the giants. Well, the very thing that people thought would get Appalachian State blown away was the very thing that, that they used to their advantage. They were quicker than Michigan. Michigan was a bigger, more stronger team, so they didn't let them touch him. They just they outran him. So the underdog is, is, is cunning and uses its its wisdom, uses its uh, abilities to its fullest. So that's how the underdog thrives even in a, a, a pressure-packed environment that's designed against them. 
The fourth trait of an underdog, they are usually playing with the honor or pride of some set of people, a region, or a nation. Now, going back to Appalachian State, they were playing for honor and pride. They were the small school coming to play Michigan. Michigan is football. Michigan is college football. Yeah, I know that there's some people on the line that probably went to Michigan State, and that's okay. I don't hold that against you. But Michigan is football. And these guys weren't impressed at all because they were playing for pride. They knew that, that if they beat Michigan, people would talk about them for forever because they walked up into Ann Arbor and beat Michigan. So there was pride and there was honor with this game. They had to win. If they didn't win, they had to at least put up a good front. They had to at least put up a good show. But when they actually walked off the field victorious, it gave pride to the underdog. It gave pride to underdogs everywhere. It gave pride to, to people who have always been up against tremendous odds and tremendous arenas. It gave hope. It gave hope that you don't always have to succumb to the enemy, that you don't, just because the enemy may be a worthy adversary, you don't have to succumb to him. You, if you have enough guts and you have enough courage, you can actually walk away with the victory. There was pride involved in that game. Even going to, to Boise State, who beat Oklahoma in the 2007 uh, Fiesta Bowl, you're talking about a, a group of people who were counted out from the day they, they, they stepped on the field, from the time they stepped off the plane, even to the time when they actually pulled the last play to, to win the game. They were expected to lose. But that pride, that sense of pride, that, that honor they were fighting for, it gave them a, a little bit more. It gave them a little bit more. It gave them a little bit more, and they had an edge. And sometimes it's just that little edge that makes the difference. So step or trait number five of an underdog is that they fully expect to win and never doubt it, regardless of the situation they may find themselves in. The underdog always expects to win the game. When you ask them, when you ask them, did you expect to win at the end of the game? The answer is yes, we did expect to win. If you ask any other Saints, on Sunday, did they expect to win? Yes, they game plan to win. They played to win. They didn't. That wasn't a fluke. They didn't just show up and, and just, oh, hey, we're going to hand you the trophy. They actually had to fight. They actually had to win the game. But they had the, the, the fight that was in them was was more intense than the champions fight than the the, the intended champions fight. The Colts were the intended champion. The Colts were were the people's champion. People had picked the Colts to win. And they had to overcome all those odds. But guess what? The only way they were able to overcome all those odds is because they expected to win. And whatever it is, I'm talking to you right now, whatever it is you're going through right now, that the odds seem insurmountable. If you expect to win, if you keep your expectancy high, like I talked about earlier tonight on, um, with Michael McCleary on his show, Anything But Ordinary, if you keep your expectation high about winning, about success, about being who you've been called to be, guess what? You have the potential to win the game. Whatever is the most dominant thought patterns in your mind creates the environment that you'll see. If you think you can win, you can win. And one thing I realized about thinking that you can win, it, it, it kind of puts you in position to win. The sixth trait of an underdog. The underdog has an uncommon or unusual swagger or confidence. You see, there's something dynamic about somebody who thinks they can't lose. There's something dynamic about somebody who thinks they can't lose. There's something dynamic about somebody who thinks they can't lose. They walk in the room differently. They walk up when they, when they, they shake your hand. They shake your hand differently. When they speak to you, they speak to you differently. People hear me talking, and I tell people I'm phenomenal. 
People ask me how, how am I doing. I was like, I'm phenomenal. I'm phenomenal. Some people look at me like I'm arrogant. Some people look at look at me like I'm cocky. But no, I'm just I'm ultra confident that that everything God says I am, I am. <laughs> everything that God says I am, I am. So I don't have to bow down to somebody else's belief that I should be, you know, holding my head down. No, I, I know I'm a winner. I know that inside of me dwells a champion. I know that I have the spirit of excellence in me and on me. So why do I have? Why would I walk around like I'm not? No, no, no. The underdog understands that so well. Like you may think I'm not a champion, but inside of me dwells a champion. I remember reading uh, an article about Saddam Hussein just before he was executed, and the reporter who interviewed Saddam said, gave the report that Saddam Hussein, to his dying day, thought that he was the president of Iraq. Even though he had been taken out of power, he still thought that he was the president of Iraq. He still thought that he was the president of Iraq. Even as he faced execution. He never gave up his, his place. He still had that confidence. He Even the reporters say it was a certain confidence about him. Listen to me. When you, whatever you're doing in your life, make sure that you're confident about what it is you're doing. Make sure that, that you're walking around and you're not walking with your head down, not walking around defeated. See, the one thing about it is when you are an underdog, if you are an underdog, you cannot accept defeat in any form or any fashion. You have to continue to see yourself successful. You have to continue to see yourself on top and not beneath, the head, not the tail, the first, not the last. You have to continue to see yourself in such a way. That's why we go back to those visualization tips. They are so important. They're key to your success. Keep your confidence high. Never lose your confidence. Never lose your confidence. The seventh trait of an underdog. The seventh trait of an underdog. They are prepared to die for their cause. And what I mean by that? They are prepared to put everything on the line. And when you find a person that, that has put, is willing to put everything they got on the line, you are in trouble if you think you're going to beat them easily. That's why I say now is not the time to be a perennial powerhouse because right now what you, see, you, see a, you have a people that are, are coming up now that are sick and tired of being sick and tired. They're sick and tired of being bullied. They're sick and tired of being punked. They're sick and tired of being hurt. They're sick and tired of not having the lifestyle that God promised them. And now what you see is you have a whole bunch of people that says enough is enough. They, they've drawn a line in the sand and they're challenging anything that comes across that line. If you if you have enough courage to come across that line, they're going to give it to you. They're going to give you everything you could possibly ask for and some. So what am I saying? When you've gotten in your heart that what you've been put on this earth to do, that you're willing to put your whole life on the line for it, that you're willing to put everything you got on the line for it, you will not be let down. You will not be let down. Well, people, we come to that time to show where I must say say goodbye, but not goodbye. But I'll see you in two weeks. We're going to do the, we're going to do this every two weeks now. We're back on schedule with the fourth quarter comeback show. I got a dynamic guest coming on in two weeks. I want to keep it a secret until a week before the show because I want to I want to build up the momentum for it. Um, but again, I want to thank everybody in the chat room. Again, I want to thank uh, Mr. Uh, Michael McCleary for inviting me onto his show. Anything but ordinary. Uh, I had a wonderful time. I thank each and every one of my guests. Oh, Coach Wael, I, I see you out there in the chat room. I thank you for showing up tonight, sir. Um, we need to talk. I need to talk to you about some, some upcoming things that, that I know you're going, going to really love to be a part of. Um, Mr. Godfrey, Tina Fortune, thank you for showing up and showing out tonight. And everybody who, if I forgot you, if I missed you, charge to my head, not to my heart. Remember this as we leave. My mantra, my motto, my motto and my mantra. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit in your dreams. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit in your dreams. God bless you, and I'll see you next week. Well, actually, in two weeks. <laughs> I'll see you Saturday for the 
for Create a Championship Standard Living at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Live right here, Blog Talk Radio slash Miles W. Miller. See you.